Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Norway. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week, we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. Hello, Matt. Hello, Monty. How are you? Very good. Very, very good. Another week has passed. Another week, another fuego. (laughs) As the saying goes. Yeah, that popular saying. That I coined. No, I mean, it isn't so frego because we've been in cold countries at uh, Second Cherry recently. So um, even though it's been the height of summer back home in the UK. Yes, that's true. Although when I was in Finland, which I've not been to yet, the weather was fantastic. So it says on the forecast. (laughs) So maybe they'll be taking, or maybe I took a little bit of fuego to Finland. (laughs) One thing is for sure, though, is that you would have drunk copious amounts of, I forgot the name of the the beverage now. Lonkero. Lonkero. Yes, absolutely. I I did will. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely will, Monty. Sorry. (laughs) I might never come back. So there we are then. But I'm back, obviously, because here I am after my trip to Finland <laughs> that I've not yet been on. <laughs> but that was Finland. This week, we're in Norway. We are indeed. Which, um, as we said last week, is just a hop over the border. And uh, before we get into Norway, though, that's well, you guys have been messaging us and sending emails that make our mailbag bulge. So, Monty, first of all, what's going on on Twitter? Well, on Twitter, the Spanish episode actually is called the flurry of activity. Lots of people have been tweeting about that. Okay. So Ian says, morning, Monty and Matt. I'm so glad you finally got to Benidorm. What a national final. Well done, Spain. There were so many great songs. Secreta de Agua, Culpa Postereo, Terra, Voy a Morir, A Special Heart to Raiden, What a Video, Performance, and mm, I Haven't Beards. <laughs> Great review as ever. Mm, yes, you're into the same kind of filth as we are, aren't you? Do you like Enjoy a bit of your summer break, Ian says. Well, thank you, we did. Philip tweeted with a picture of his, um, the, the what do you call them? Not a radio, I was going to say radio, but you don't get radios in cars anymore. What do you get? You get some multimedia platforms. Stereo. Stereo <laughs> in the car. Saying, this episode is temporarily unavailable from Second Cherry Almost, the Eurovision podcast. And saying, my car hates me. Monday morning ruined. Well, I, absolutely. I would yeah. drive the car off a cliff and buy a new one. I would splash out for a better model next time. <laughs> Can't be possibly anything to do with our, our tech uploading or anything like yeah. that. Kind of. Not my dodgy corrupt file, surely not. <laughs> uh, so I, mean, I said back to, to Philip, don't tell me that we've been cancelled. But he said, no, it's my car having a heat stroke. So thank you, Philip, there. <laughs> um, Evan mentioned, uh, because we mentioned that we weren't sure what the Raiden song was really about. So he's a non-native Spanish speaker here, so grain of salt. But I think Raiden's song was about hypocrisy. Thin-skinned folks who can dish it out but can't take it. Who hold others to different standards than they hold themselves. Um, so he's more or less calling them crybabies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
I like that. Yes, thank you for that um, that insight, Evan. We have a um, tweet from Bob, who says we all need to lie down after this massive episode. Um, Eurovision tunes, controversy and huge nipples. <laughs> I find I need a lie down after a huge nipple, Bob. <laughs> what a way to end the first half of the second cherry season, counting the days until the live final with an asterisk 88 at that time. It, it's fewer now, and it, it's even fewer by the time you're hearing this. Okay, just put the willies up me, Monty, now. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Mikey, lovely Mikey from uh, Aussie Vision, says, I've really been looking forward to this episode, boys, and a little gif or jif, whatever you pronounce it, of Chanel. Yes, letting her hair down. Mm. Yes. Um, Vince said, having the lunch and reliving the Benidorm Fest with Second Cherry Podcast, just rewatched all the entries. Absolutely the national final of 2022. Also, hi, Raven. Hello. Oh, wow. We have started a bit yeah. of a thing for them, haven't we? Yeah, with a little picture of him, which is quite dishy, actually. <laughs> uh, keep that one for later. <laughs> Rob says, Roberto, Rob, our friend, uh, says, been looking forward to this one so much. Spain gave us the best national final of the year and my personal favourite song of the whole national final season. Olé. I think this was everyone's favourite. Absolutely. And Neil at Monster Cake says, gracias for the Benidorm Fest episode, which I'm appreciating all the more because I'm listening to it in Barcelona. Oh. Oh. Get you. Slow Mo by Chanel, definitely the right pick, but very much enjoying your take on the ensuing kerfuffle. <laughs> Loving your champion of the glorious Aduca Marena and Vari Brava. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm jealous. I'd love to be in Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Having a kerfuffle in Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, David, uh, lovely David, says, Benidorm Fest was a real highlight of the national final season. I'm so glad it paid off Spain. Enjoy your summer break, chaps. Well, we did. Thank you. Blimey. And now we're back. There's loads of people message that week. Loads. Yeah. Spain landed well as a national final, didn't it? Certainly did. Mm. Yeah. I think we were right saying it was probably the national final of the year. We're going to stand by that statement. (laughs) So I've got some emails. First of all, we've got Stuart, who is, he says, long time listener, first time caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stuart actually just as a side note has produced t-shirts with me and uh, Monty's face on so already he's up there in the upper echelons of the Hall of Fame for us <laughs> <laughs> a crazy fan yeah uh, oh, good evening yeah we do love Stuart good evening fruity boys just wanting to swing by and thank you for your excellent podcast I've been with you from the first one and haven't missed an episode but it has taken me this long to finally get around to dropping you a message of appreciation. My Well, a t-shirt with our faces on it also says that, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favourite way to listen to your weekly dose of Eurovision adjacency is sitting on my sun-drenched balcony on the Rosebury Riviera with a very strong coffee before I set off for work on a Monday morning. The delightful sound of your soothing voices never fails to get my day and week off to the best start and lift me out of my post-weekend slump. I look forward to crowning a winner and celebrating another great season with you at the RVT in November. Now I just have to decide which outfit to wear. Best wishes, Stuart. Do you know, whatever Stuart wears will be spectacular because he always looks amazing. 
Thank you, Stuart. That's very, very lovely words. And yes, I'm quite enjoying being called Fruity. Another email was from Evan at the American Music Festival. Hello, Second Cherry. Thank you for yet another season that is helping to bring some Eurovision joy into the dog days of summer. Oh God, is it that bad for you? Uh, it was a pleasant coincidence that you read a comment about the American Song Contest in your episode about San Remo because I reached a conclusion this year that involves them both. As an American, I watched the American Song Contest with a disheartened, though unsurprised, that it didn't seem to catch on with the public. Whereas Eurovision has had decades to cement its cultural niche, the American Song Contest arrived after decades of reality TV singing contests. I suspect that many Americans, if they heard about the ASC at all, just viewed it as yet another copycat of American Idol, X Factor and The Voice. The marketing and the production certainly supported that view. What America needs is not its own Eurovision, but its own San Remo. Okay, imagine a glitzy multi-night television event where newcomers like Olivia Rodrigo and Lil Nas X, established artists like Bruno Mars or Lady Gaga, and still working legends like Shaka Khan and Bon Jovi, oh my god, I'm loving this already, Um, each release new music. It would be like the Grammys, but without the awards, and it would afford viewers the opportunity to hear a potential new hit all at the same time. Americans would turn on the TV for that, and it could even become a cultural phenomenon, at least according to this Eurovision fan, eager to bring a little Eurovision-adjacent magic stateside. Thank you for all that you do, Matt and Monty. Keep up the good works. Evan, hashtag justice for Ritmu. Oh, do you know, thank you, Evan. Mm. That is a really interesting proposition. I really like the idea. I mean, you know, I'm in for anything with Lil Nas X in anyway. But no, the principle of that, the concept of it, I absolutely love. I mean, what we need, what this world needs is more American culture, I have to say. (laughs) No, but but to be fair, though, that is a, it's a really, I think it's a clever point. Because if you are going to get Americans on side, appeal to... The pride and the culture and what you want to listen to. I There's legs. There's legs on that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I guess the San Remo format loses the kind of the interstate competition element. But I do love the idea. I mean, you know, we you know how much we love San Remo. And so I think, you know, that kind of format with the calibre of artists that San Remo attracts in a different country could have some legs. I'm all for that. Evan, make it happen. I think, I don't know what your job is, Evan, but um, you have missed your calling as a TV producer. This is your job now. This is your, you've got one job. Make <laughs> it happen. <laughs> don't come back to me half. No, do, do come back. We'd love to hear you. Thanks, Evan. So there we are then. That's our mailbag emptied. So let's get on and talk about the Norwegian national final. It happened on a lot of dates this year. 15, 22nd, 29th of January, 5th of February, 7th of February, 12th of February, and the final on the 19th of February. Location was the H3 Arena in Furnabu, which is next door to the Telenor Arena, which is where the Eurovision 2010 was held, just outside of Oslo, in the, the neighbouring town. The heats and the last chance rounds were without an audience, but the final had 500 people allowed to watch it. The format was for the umpteenth time the Melody Grand Prix, 
And this year, there were four heats. There was a two-part last chance round and a final. Now, hold on to your hats. Each heat had four songs with two duels. One from each duel advanced to the gold duel, and the winner of the gold duel advanced to the final. All the losing three went to the last chance round. Each heat also showcased a pre-qualified song that went direct to the final. The last chance had two parts. The first show was a live voting show where four songs advanced to the second part a few nights later. Here, they were put into another two duels, the winner of each duel advancing to a gold duel and the winner of that advancing to the final. There was a fifth pre-qualified song showcased in this round too. So in total, four songs from each heat, one from the last chance and the five pre-qualified songs ended up in the final. Once we got to the final, the duel system was in play again. Four songs advanced to the second round, which went into another two duels the winner of each advancing to a gold duel and the winner of that being the overall winner. You kept up with that? I just... No, not really. I mean, this duel system that Norway are persistent with, I don't think it works. I don't like it. I don't like it. I know it's not the competition aspect. They're in. They're entering a competition, mm. fine. It's the duel. It's just weird. The, the way they partner them up, it's just... It really strung it out as well this time. It really, really strung it out. I mean, yeah. When we got to the, the, the super, super duper gold final, actually with the last two songs in, we were down to two. We were down to Subwolfer, the song that won, and Northkid, who we will talk about um, tonight. The vote was relatively evenly split. 368,106 votes to Subwolfer. 312,223 to Northkid. And you know, this is the only point in the process during the show where we got to see what any song received, as opposed to just being announced as the winner or the loser of a duel. Oh, really? Yeah. Just at that last stage of voting. So as we know, it's Subwolf for One and uh, went to Eurovision with Give That Wolf a Banana. And before that wolf eats my grandma, give that wolf a banana, give that wolf Subwoofer there, the Norwegian entry for Eurovision this year. It qualified from its semi-final in 6th place with 177 points and it came 10th in the final with 182. Now we always thought this was going to get more support from televoters and I think this is really clear because 32 of 39 countries televoted for it but only 10 juries voted for it. So very, very much a popular winner with the or a popular choice with the the viewers rather than with the professional juries did the right song win yeah it did that, and that's unsurprising what you just said there because it is a televote song they know exactly what they're trying to do and they did it so well the pr and the marketing of subwoofer was outstanding like stellar they got everything right from on the ground there in turin 
the pre the pre-recorded songs that is excellent the song yeah absolutely you know 10th place is a strong finish and if you ask the locals the non-eurovision fans say uh they all remember subwoofer and that banana song that wolf song yeah that's what it's about absolutely i think the right song what i think uh, as we will discuss as we go on i'm not sure it was the strongest year for the norwegian mgp we've got some great songs to talk about and you know there were some quality entries but i think overall the quality was fairly down and simple stood out a mile absolutely the right choice but let's have a look at what also ran So the first song is by Uda Gondrasen and it's called Hammer of Thor. How do you like a bit of Norwegian folklore? Oh, lots. I mean, Hammer of Thor. I've, we've been to that club. Have we not? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, another female power song, I think, because the Hammer of Thor is a reference to men, in my interpretation of the song, especially um, when she says, yes, I know this, you know, there's obviously the the folklore referencing, but I think when she says... They won. They think they won the war, but I stole the hammer of Thor. I just feel like it just has that me too, uh, taking the Mickey out of blokes with all that provide. I don't. There's something in this. I think it has that sort of undercurrent undertone of me too mm, about it. That's interesting. I mean, the hammer of Thor is or Mjolnir, as it's called in Norwegian. Challenge me my pronunciation on that. Um, it is the hammer of the, the god of thunder, Thor, in Norse mythology, and it was apparently used as both a devastating weapon and a divine instrument to provide blessings. And a gay bar. And a gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, this, it's a very promising title. I was expecting great things from this. The opening suggests something of the Norse mythology. Um, she's almost quite conspiratorial. And then she's soon into some kind of wailing. So there's almost something quite menacing when she's singing about having stolen Thor's hammer. And um, she's claiming that some kind of undefined they think they're in control, but she's undermining them. So some dancers are plodding around behind her. and There's lots of lightning. There's lots of dark emotion. There's lots of menace. It's just not really much song, though. But do you know what it is, Monty? I think it's a sparse-sounding song. In the verses, it's very sparse, which I'm not sure works, actually. Um, the war cry pre-chorus, I think is great. I think they're onto something there, but it just doesn't get going enough for me. And the whole concept, I think, is a great spark of an idea, but execution, maybe not so much. I feel that you probably need to understand the cultural significance of Thor's hammer um, in Norse mythology and what stealing it means. Um, it feels quite allegorical um, in the song. I'm not quite sure 
what it's alluding to. Um, I did have a look up on the internet, and there's absolutely tons on this on the internet. But do you know what? I was just too bored to really <laughs> bother to read it, if I'm absolutely honest. So, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little nonplussed at the mm. end of this. Good word. <laughs> okay. Song number two, then, is, you mentioned it before, it's Northkid with their song, Someone. Monty, thoughts on Northkid and someone? Well, I think this is really quite sweet. Um, you know, there's um, it's a song about th- where they're thinking of somebody for whom or with whom it didn't work out. Um, and they're kind of pondering, you know, wondering where they are, what they're up to. Um, but accepting that, you know, you've gone from being somebody that they loved to being somebody that they now hate. So, you know, it's gone. It's, it's gone tits up. Yeah. Uh, this thing is a bit... Sam Smith um, gives me a little sort of kind of Sam Smith vibe and there's a pianist on a grand piano. There's a sort of a big ruched theatre curtain behind that sort of falls away quite dramatically to show the rest <laughs> of the band. Um, I think it's really sweet. I found a couple of little quotes from them and it says, um, uh, our songs are often about love and all the girls or boys we didn't get, uh, says the guitarist hawk on. Uh, relationships that didn't turn out the way uh, we wanted and hoped for. That's why we're so happy that we can use our voice and platform to show that love is love and happens in every age group. And this year marks the celebration of it being 50 years since being gay was decriminalised in Norway. People might not be as open-minded in smaller villages and remote places like here in Oslo, says the singer Bilal. Um, I really hope we can be a voice in the battle for acceptance and show how beautiful love is, regardless of whom you love. Uh, and goes on to say, I think there's a lot of people who need to see that guys like us from small villages like Alta and Hasvik show that it's cool and totally fine to love whoever. Okay. Mm. I totally missed that. Well, do you know, I think it comes from the video. Um, and I, I watched the video and it's really, really quite... Um, it, it, it's very sweet, but also quite heartbreaking. So there's a, a man and a woman um, who are, you know, they, they bump into each other late in life. And obviously, you know, they've been close in the past. And it's really lovely. They're, they're you know, there's memories that are um, prompted. They're looking through photos um, and it shows them getting on like a house on fire. They're having a glass of wine and dancing and laughing and reminiscing. And she moves to give him a kiss good night after he's walked her home. Um, but it's clear something's not right. And it, it's clear that he's got something to tell her. And when he does, she kind of falls into despair that this, you know, this late blossoming romance that she thought was going to develop is not to be. And then she sees him out with his male partner and the penny drops. And then she's kind of sort of laughing because she's like, actually... This is so lovely for them. You know, it might be a little bit heartbreaking for me, but, you know, it's so lovely. And so it, it's got that kind of edge of, you know, the late life romance that might have been, but also the same sex love and acceptance. And I think that's kind of why they're making that reference in the interview, because that's what they've done with the video. The it's lyrics, beautiful. The lyrics make sense now, Yeah, actually. 
Because I was like, oh, he's done something to really hurt her, but he has an affection for her. It totally makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, look, I, you know, yes, there are major Sam Smith vibes here. Melodically, it's beautiful. I think this song just sort of glides from start to finish. It's a really well composed song, I think. I like the image of North Kid. They're kind of like a cross between the popular kids at school, but also like the interesting geeks. They're kind of a nice little, they hit the right register. Uh, sweet boys, but you know, get down and date with them maybe. The song of someone, the music and the presentation is like merging Backstreet Boys and Coldplay. The sound of it, um, this is one of my most listened to songs of 2022, actually. Oh. Surprisingly, I just, I maybe, maybe I connect with it in ways I didn't even understand <laughs> I was. Really beautiful song. I really like this. And I love the boys. I think they're just really, they're nice boys, Monty. They are nice boys. I think you're absolutely right about kind of, you know, being popular, but also this kind of like geeky outsiders. And I think it almost captures the popularity that geeky outsiders go on to inhabit. You know, while you're the geeky outsider, you are the outcast at school. But actually, the geeky outsiders kind of become the cool kids in the end. And that is... That's a tale as over time. It's almost a universal trajectory. You know, once the once the little geeky kids get a bit of confidence and acceptance, they're the ones who blossom. Absolutely. What a lovely message there. Song number three then is Elsie Bay with Death of Us. Monty, Elsie Bay then. This is dramatic, isn't it? Mm. Um, Very dramatic lighting and the sweeping strings that add to the emotion. Um, She's there, solo on the front of the stage, uh, really beautifully lit. Um, In a sort of lacy pantsuit. And behind her, you see these kind of silhouettes of empty chairs, except for musical instruments. Um, And uh, as the crescendo builds, the visual is that musicians appear and they're playing and those and they're really emphasizing where you know those instruments really kick in um to the piece it's about the end of a relationship um she's made up her mind um after what seems to have been some anguish um to get there but she knows now that there's no longer the two of us and, um, you know, the, the song title, which is Death of Us, is really about the end of the relationship. Yeah. But it's really quite positive because she's moving in a positive direction. You know, I found, an, again, another little quote um, says, um, it's so important that one song can mean different things to different people. But for me, this is a song about accepting uh, you love who you love. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you can start loving that person. There is, in my humble opinion, nothing better than loving someone when they love you back. So in this song, she's realised that the other person doesn't love her back in the way that she needs to be loved back. So she's moving on. Oh. It's difficult, but by God, it's the right decision. 
Yeah, this is, you're right, there's a lot of drama here. The orchestration really adds to that. It's a beautiful song. Vocally, it's risky because she has a soft voice and it's really exposed at times. The song leads itself to being exposed, but she holds it together amazingly. It's so easy just to go off. And when you go off on a song that is really exposed, you, you really, it clangs, right? She pulls it off. There's a simple white spotlight light show going on behind her. And she's dressed in what I'd call a wedding dress style bodysuit and cape. It's almost like it started off as a body. You should be describing the fashions at the Oscars. You really should. We need to do red carpet Oscars because, <laughs> yeah. We, we do red carpet at Europe. Oh my God, imagine. we should. What are you wearing? <laughs> Kate, all right, love. <laughs> um, the ending does go big uh, with a big wind machine turned up and the intro of like this red, deep red light in the drama. It's really well put together uh, as a performance piece. I love it. As ever at Eurovision during the national final seasons, there's always a claim of plagiarism. And this got a claim uh, that um, it was similar to a Lana Del Rey song. And I have to say, I mean, I can see there's a Lana Del Rey vibe about it. I mean, when I listen to the clip, that's supposedly a plagiarism. It's nothing. And it never, it never, it never is. is. But my fun fact about her is she was the writer of Witchwood by Emmy last year. Oh, the song that put out our mate. Yeah. So we hate her. Big Daddy Carsten. Yeah. She put out Big Daddy Carsten last year. So that's it. I'm not having it. Next. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we do love this. Yeah. I, I actually, I do listen to that Witchwood song quite a lot. Probably just as much as Smile, actually. But um, we are championing Big Daddy Carsten. We are indeed. The next song is by Annalisa Kumoji and it's called Queen Bees. Matt, what's going on here? There's well, quite a lot. Th- there is a lot. Uh, look, I love Annalise's personality. She's got it in buckets and spades. But this is a bit cheap for her by her own standards. I love her. She's been in the national final before with her song Holler. We reviewed it back in 2019. Loved it. Talked about her attitude and her personality then. She's a real performer she brought all this personality this time, but in a gimmick. And the song being about Queen Bees, and again, I don't sound like a broken record, but this is female empowerment, a type of female empowerment. It's kind of negated by the on-the-nose reference of being dressed as worker bees in ruffles. And I don't know, I, I, I hate I hate using the word cheek when talking about women because it can be applied in multiple ways. But the presentation of this song is cheap to me. And I think Annalisa is a million miles better than the presentation of this song. I think I agree that her song Hollow was a better overall show and production. But it also, we watched it 
back just before we recorded the podcast, it had the benefit of having a live audience back in 2019, sure. which really lifted it. This is quite theatrical. Um, it's almost kind of like a 20s musical number at times. There are moments where it threatens to verge into doo-wop territory. And there were a couple of moments that were, oh, this is dangerously close to being electro velvet adjacent. Ooh. But I think they do just kind of, you know, rein that in. The costumes, as you said, are the sort of, you know, black and gold like bees. There's a little bit of a honeycomb backdrop going on. Um, the middle eight is quite interesting because it goes all a bit slow mo. And, um, I, I don't know, it kind of has a sort of ketamine break <laughs> in the middle of it. We only came in breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes all a bit kind of weird for a moment, and then she comes around again. <laughs> it does. Her friend sorts her out with some water, yeah. and she's dancing again. Maybe she's had some magic honey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the lyrics are quite good. It's got that kind of sass as well. She's like, you know, my queen bees, if they don't like it, they can kiss our rings. Oh. Yeah, we like that. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of this when I know what she's capable of. Yeah, a bit disappointed with this. So from a lot going on on stage to, well, quite a lot more going on <laughs> stage, the next song is Dance Like a Pink Flamingo by Trollfest. Now, Matt, this is arguably the biggest band in the competition. They're a folk metal group, and they've got a track record going back to 2003. Um, and lots of, um, you know, lots of information about them on the internet, which you can't find things about other people. But this band wouldn't have come to your attention as a Eurovision fan, unless your name is Roy Delaney. Ah, Eurovision Apocalypse. Yes, and uh, Roy was the one who first tipped me off, or Roy's site, was the first one who tipped me off to, actually, this is a, a a band with a known name and a fan base. Okay. I didn't know that, although that does make a lot of sense. If there's a way to not fall into the generic heavy metal tropes, and given the style of the song to a more pop-friendly ear, to appeal into a more pop-friendly ear, the people you would assume are voting at a national final like this. Singing this, dressed as pink flamingos, is the way to do it, maybe. <laughs> um, it is ridiculous. Uh, straight up, it's ridiculous. And a bit of overkill, actually, with the inflatable flamingos. In fact, can I just make a point? I've made points about sunglasses on stage. You know, it's my p- pet peeve. Also, inflatables on stage do nothing for a performance. It doesn't matter what the song is. If there's an inflatable on stage, it's cheap. It's just get rid. Stop it. Oh, I quite liked it. <laughs> there were those kind of, you know, big, you know, those big floaters that you get in a, in a swimming pool on holiday in the shape of flamingos. And there were inflatable palm trees and everything. I, I, I thought that was quite jolly. I don't know. It screams 90s game show to me, the cheapness of it. But look, I, I think there's also an overlay on screen of dancers, um, which I have to point out because at one point they did like a, a bow-legged dance. And I think it's to like to represent the legginess of flamingos. And it's just, 
I mean, it, it's, it's in style of the song, of course. It's ridiculous. They kind of know they're being ridiculous. Well, there is an instruction because I think at one point the singer um, realises that the, the listener might be querying what the moves are in order to dance like a plink flamingo. And they sing, now some of you all might be wondering, what the hell is a flamingo dance anyway? Well, here you go. <laughs> You put your head up and make a stroll around. You put your head down and make a stroll around. You take a look left and then you stroll around. You take a look right and then you stroll around. And the stroll around is really just kind of turning around in a circle. (laughs) Maybe that's because they need to be back at the mic stand. I don't know. It's quite a simple dance. It's very agadoo-doo-doo. Lyrically. Well, I think there are slightly more... Well, there are a heck of a lot more actions in agadoo. I mean, there's pineapples for a start. Yeah. And they're pushed. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a pineapple on the inflatable palm tree, an inflatable pineapple. <gasps> Don't tell Eleni Ferreira. Oh, no, she'll get, <laughs> she'll get uh, royalties. Do you know, the, this song is actually about escaping the kind of the weariness of the world and the corporate greed, etc. And just giving yourself over to like a moment of abandon. It, it, it was unexpected for me. I wasn't quite expecting them to be on stage in as men with big ZZ top beards in dresses and pink feathers. So it, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of unusual. Do you know what I'm going to say though, Monty? And I've said this a million times, and I did warn people I'd say this a lot this year. Style over substance for me. Well, I mean, maybe it just had that kind of. I think it's very much on the cusp of it being a little bit crazy and a little bit crazy for crazy's sake. Um, and it's kind of teetering on the edge of is this fun or is this a bunch of probably straight men thinking what's fun? I think that the latter is true. But also, you are comparing it with Subwoofer and Give That Wolf a Banana, which had an incredible song behind it, backed up with a very well-thought-out, intelligent, although gimmicky, very intelligent gimmick. I did find a little quote because I was looking up and I found this website that sort of has information about a whole load of bands in different genres. Uh, And it said for Trollfest, lyrical themes, trolls, drinking, humour. (laughs) <laughs> which I thought probably summed it all up yeah it sounds like the second Cherry Live show <laughs> <laughs> so that's our five songs which one is going to be selected as the Norwegian Cherry well we'll tell you but first it's this Matt and Monty's good thing of the week that is good it's good oh that's good that is Yes, this is our weekly segment, um, Good Thing of the Week, which is just spreading positivity to combat some of the negative things that you undoubtedly will see online and social media. And this week, well, it is actually about social media, Monty, because it is a Eurovision song, and a couple of them have, but the latest Eurovision song to become a TikTok viral trend is Rosalind and Snap for... Armenia this year. It's just quite incredible when you see these things happen because to us, the songs have one meaning and then suddenly to the masses, they have a completely different meaning. And yeah, it's 
just it's lovely to see that kind of success because she will be making some coin from it. Oh yeah, she's signed to Columbia Records on the back of it. Oh wow, really? Yeah, on her Twitter. Oh, yeah. good, good for her. Absolutely. I mean, go, thing, go. I remember the first time I saw it on TikTok was just a random. I mean, the the I think the trend is. Correct me if I'm wrong, dear viewers, but I think listeners, listeners, sorry. <laughs> 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 you don't Can they to, see us? You, you oh my god, where are the cameras? You don't want to view this. Um but the first time I saw it, it I was like, oh that's wait a minute, that's our place. Because you don't expect it. But I think they put it on videos. Uh the trend is that it's a sort of sentimental video where, you know, when things snap into place. And it's just there's some really clever takes on the song. So I can totally see why it's gone viral. And I'm I'm happy. That made me really happy this week. Well, when I first saw it a few weeks ago. That it's gone viral and well-deserved, I think. Yeah, absolutely. She's currently, when we're recording this, number 26 in the UK charts. Wow. And also she's made an impact on the Spotify charts globally, Latin America, in the US. I mean, this is great. I, I absolutely love to see this. And I think it's a really interesting um, phenomenon um, of how social media can drive a hit. Um, you know, we've seen this with Duncan Lawrence. I remember Kate Bush's Babushka taking off on on TikTok a few years ago. We saw the Sea Shanty song take off. And actually, we've seen other Eurovision hits in the build-up to the national final. Sadly, the one that was cancelled. But um, Little Big and um, Daddy Freya mm. really took off on, on, on TikTok in particular. So I think it is a really interesting phenomenon of how social media is changing the landscape of the pop charts and I'm all here for it well done Rosaline so lovely to see this kind of unexpected success Matt and Monty's good thing of the week that is good it's good oh that's good that is so Monty that leaves us with the cherry to announce the cherry so who is representing Norway at second cherry song contest this year the second cherry for Norway 2022 is Death of Us by Elsie Ray. Bay. Elsie Bay. <laughs> So yes, if I can get a name right, it's Elsie Bay with the death of us, the Norwegian cherry for 2022. Oh, that was a fun ride. It was, wasn't it? I, as I said earlier, I don't think this was the best overall national final. In fact, I was quite disappointed mm. when I watched the Norwegian selection this year. It didn't really feel, apart from Sir Wolford, so it had anything that really punched out. Um, so I was really pleased when they won. But actually, when we dug into it, we did find some gems. There were a couple of other songs that I think were worthy and were kind of on our consideration shortlist. What we've done, though, is we picked the five songs that I think made more interesting discussion. Um, but there were a couple of other songs in there. But there was a lot that was kind of making up the field, I think, this year in Norway. It was a bit disappointing. It felt like it was really padding out the format. And I, I would quite like to see a bit of a refresh 
from them. If not this coming year, then, you know, for the year after that. Ditch the jewels. They ain't working. Sorry. Uh, but just a, a note on Elsie Bay. Come to the live show Second Cherry and listen to it loud on a big screen because this was the massive glow up for me of the season. Once you see this in all of its glory and its power, it, it's really effective. So really happy of this entry. Great. So tell us what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Or have you got other things just to get off your chest? Let us know. Twitter at Second Cherry. Instagram at second underscore cherry and Facebook second cherry podcast. And you can email us at hello at second cherry dot vision. Hello at second cherry dot vision. We would love to hear from you as lots of you uh, have already been writing in and tweeting and doing all manner of things to attract our attention. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week. We don't yet know which country it will be. We're looking confused at each other now. No, we don't yet know what country it will be. So it will be a country. Country. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Thank you for listening. See you later. Bye. Bye.